First John 4, 18 says, there is no, and this is New King James Version, it said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Torment means torture, mental, emotional torture. But he who fears, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And here he's talking about the love of God. So if any believer is struggling in their relationship with God, it's because they've not come to really know how much God loves them. They've not come to really understand the love of God for them. If you think God is angry with you, it means you do not know how much God loves you. Amen. If you think things are not working for you because you have not paid, um, maybe you missed paying your tithe. And when I say paying here, you must be paying your tithe to get something back. But you're supposed to give. If you go to the epistles, Apostle Paul talks about giving. So because you miss paying your tithe, amen, I'm trusting God for people to be able to hear and listen. Hear and listen. Please don't come to service with a with an established blocked mind because you interpret the things I'm saying. Amen. And I want to just encourage you, have a open heart. Amen. Ministry is heart to heart, it's not head to head. Amen. Now, because you miss paying your tithe, you think God is angry with you. And you think that's the reason why things are not working for you, but that's not true. But and then you there's fear, there's panic, anxiety in your heart. And you are wondering which day will God forgive you or which day God will be back into happiness or into good mood with you. That's not true. So if there's any form of fear in our life, hindering our relationship and our fellowship with the Father, it's because we have not been perfected in love of God. We've not come to understand that He first loved us before we love Him. We think we have to love God and God loves us. You have heard this thing, love God, love God, love God. But what about God loving you? The whole equation about the Christian faith started with the love of God for us, not our love for Him. Amen. You and I can never outlove God. Write it down. Write, take that note down. Take that, take that. Because when I make some phenomenal statement, I like to call it out so that people can pay attention to that. You can never outlove God. There's no, there's no way you can love God enough because many times you'll be selfish, you'll be self-centered. The days you're hungry, the way days you're cranky, you will not, you will misspeak. You will sometimes when, when, when I'm in a hurry, which I'm trying not to this morning. Sometimes when, when I'm in a hurry, I misspeak. I speak fast. I say things that are not clear, you know, or I misquote scriptures or I put chapter 15 for chapter 16. But God is not angry with me. Amen. God would, you know, God would not wipe me with a cloth and say, how dare you call yourself a man of God? No, God doesn't do that. The only equation, we can never outlove God. See, the Bible tells us that why we're yet sinners, when we were not good at all, was when God loved us. As we saw in that uh, passage of the scripture, verse 19, say, we love him because he first loved us. So begin to change your perspective, begin to meditate on it, that you can't outlove God, outlove God. When, and secondly, God loved you first. And for you to be able to respond to the love of God, he has even, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This service this morning is going to be exciting. Romans 5.5, 5, he said, the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Ghost who has been given to us. See, you do not have any ability in yourself to love. I repeat, you do not have any ability in yourself to love the God kind of way. So God had to put in your heart, first of all, at new birth, the God kind of love so that you will be able to respond to his love. But if you do not understand that God has planted in you his kind of love, 
if you, if you have not come to really realize the significance and the impact of understanding how much God loves you, you're going to be struggling with fear and anxiety all your life. I'm not trying to condemn us if you're struggling with fear or anxiety because I struggle with fear for about 20 years of my life and anxiety many times tries to uh, come in. But the more I understand the love of God for me, the more, the, the, the more I've been able to subdue anxiety. I was sharing with guys some time ago that you know, there was a time, there's a guy I led to Christ and he came to visit me and I was teaching the word of God. But all through that day, I wrestled with anxiety. My heart was so unstable. Anxiety for what? Nothing. But because I've been struggling with that for 20 years, so my emotions, my emo- hormones were kind of used to kind of thinking and acting that way. That guy had no clue of the battle I was going through in my heart. Anxiety, fear, panic for nothing. Amen. So but the more I choose to take my stand in the love of God, how much he cares about me, how much he loves me, I realized that I've been able to deal with anxiety. A few things have happened in the past two weeks, you know, uh, in the church and outside the church. And the way I've responded shows me very well that I'm actually practicing the things that I teach because they didn't move me, made the bottom for a second, but no offense, no strife. They didn't weigh me down and else I wouldn't have been able to release the life of God to you this morning. Amen. So the love of God, I feel the Lord is speaking there this morning that, you know, you need to understand how much he loves you and then you'll be able to respond. And the more you increase in understanding of the love of God for you, the more you'll be able to subdue the fear and anxiety in your life. Amen. So uh, uh, the Bible says there, let's go to verse 18. Let's read it again. It says, uh, perfect, but perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love, you know. Okay, now, when I say perfect love, yeah, I think let me try to define it in my own terms. You know, uh, a mature state of understanding. To this is a grammar. <laughs> mature level of understanding of God's love will cast out fear. I mean, what I mean is this: when you when you mature, the more you mature in your understanding of the love of God for you, you'll be able to drive out fear out of your life because you know that God's got your back. Yeah. Hallelujah! I'm preaching myself happy and excited this morning. So uh, the same thing goes. So when we so when we talk about the fear of people, we we talk about the unhealthy desire and acceptance or approval from people. When you want when you want people to approve to, to to approve you, when you want people to accept you, and you will go any length. Every now and then, I try to recalibrate the algorithm of my Instagram because Instagram, I don't know for one reason, gives me all manner of photographs of. Uh, Ladies who are kind of um, who dress seductively and provocatively, and I don't like it. You know that's one of the reasons why I wasn't going on Instagram for a long time because when I want to search for something, what I see is literally nude ladies all through, and I'm like, this is not right. So I went on Google one day, and I was um, trying to ask, how do you do this? Because I know that Instagram is a platform where I can actually reach people, especially the millennials, you know, based on stats and data about social media platforms, how they operate. And like there must be a way out. You know, all of this thing cannot be scary, cannot be kicking me out of my own platform, my own profile. And um, I figured out how to change the algorithm, you know, click on not interested, not interested, not interested. So after a while, okay, when I do that, maybe last another three months, then maybe the more I have followers, I don't know. Then you go, you want to search for something and you see all my now stuff. And as a guy, if you're very honest, one way or the other, something want to catch your attention. So I'll rather take those things out than for me to glance and then try to remove my eyes and then my mind is trying to say, what do you think of that? I don't want, I don't want those distractions. So 
I just, I went, I was searching for something yesterday. Then I realized that all oh, these kind of girls are there again. I'm like, guys, what's happening here? Apparently, you know, I have more followers, you know, stuff like that. And then maybe some people I follow what they do behind the scenes. Okay. I don't want to go there. Fantastic. And I started to, you know, change, you know, reprogram the algorithm. And, um, one thing stood out to me when I was doing it. You know, I think one young lady I saw because out of curiosity, I was like, wait, how did you get here? And I realized that, you know, from my observation, it was an unhealthy desire for the fear of people. And there was this also something we're looking at on a report about social media over the weekend, my wife and I. And this particular young person who has so much followers, you know, social media influencers and all manner of stuff, she started talking about the psychological problems and mental problems she's having. And the unfortunate thing is that many people cannot trace the some mental health issues with the fear of people. When I say fear of people, un unhealthy desire and acceptance and approval from people. Friends, you know, when I say these things, many times I know I'm speaking fast. People think I'm condemning people. but And that's why this at this point in time, I want you to listen carefully to me. I'm able to share these things with you because I've been through them. I'm able to recognize these things in people because I've been through them, but I can't keep telling you this all the time in the service. So I don't condemn people, right? So it's on the on, on healthy desire. I remember there was a time in 2013, I think, or 2014, I, I shared a post on, on Facebook and I didn't get the likes I thought I should get. And there was a way I was feeling. I was like, something is not right. And that gave me an insight into what many celebrities are going through. And then please don't fight. Don't, don't argue this with me. You know, the best thing you can do, and I'm speaking by the spirit here when I make the statement, because it's not to every one of you, but there's a particular person who is attacking me in their mind. What I wanted to do is to go to that particular person. You go and, um, your celebrity magazines, you read and all kind of stuff. Go and find out what's going, really going on in behind, behind the scenes in the life of those people. So I'm a pastor. I've done my study. I relate with people. I've read articles. I've read reports. So I, I'm not coming here to just speak without thinking, right? I have facts to be, I mean, to support what I'm talking about, right? So many celebrities from, so a few of them who, who are actually, who have given their life to Christ and inviting people to give their life to Christ. I've talked about the torture, the torment they've been through because once their likes or following are dropping, they, they explain how nervous they become. Amen. So uh, unhealthy desire for the, unhealthy desire for approval or, or acceptance of people will kill us. Amen. It brings fear into our heart. It makes us panic. But where I'm going is this. But if you and I can begin to learn to us to 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 desire praise from God, I'm going to go there, and not from people, is a practice. Something we must start practicing. And the better we are at these things, the less anxiety or struggle we have about people. And also, I want to say that let us all begin to understand our purpose, our calling. What are you called to do? There are a lot of people in the world who do not have a sense of purpose. They think life ends here, but life does not end here. Hurt is just a passing phase. There's eternity. We're all going to leave this body and live forever. But where individuals will live, or wherever they will live forever, is up to them, whether with the Father or with the devil and his guys, where they belong. Right? So, <clears throat> we... We all need to begin to understand our purpose because when you understand your purpose and you know your stuff, if somebody comes to try to harass you, oppress you, or try to talk you down, it will not really make sense to you because you look like you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. I'm saying this also in the light of the fact that I know the, I know the things going on on social media, the attacks, 
the unintelligent app. Oh, I'm looking for a better way to, 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 to express it. But, you know, majority of the people I see on social media who attack pastors, attack people, you can just tell that they're not applying intelligence here. Or I, I, don't want to, I don't want to give them too much credit from the point of they're not working with the Spirit of Christ because to walk in the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of love is advanced level. Amen. So we all need to learn to protect and guard ourselves. The world is becoming, we are seeing more of what the Bible says that Paul said in the book of Timothy, in the end times, in the end days, that people become lovers of themselves. They will be rude, you know, they will be disorderly, and we are seeing more of that now. And social media has given people the platform to do that. So if you are are listening to me and you are going through attacks on social media, let me give you an advice. You know what they call block? Block people off. See, your sanity and your mind matters to you. Don't allow people to run your life for you. Now, looking for people, you know, listening to these people and soaking up on what they are saying is a, is a form of fear of people. I'm trying to make this thing so acceptable, so practical and applicable and relevant to what we are going through these days. You know what they call block? Block people. If people will not respect you, why are they your friends in the first place if they will not appreciate the value that God has placed upon your life? So if anybody is harassing you, just block them off. Pe- many people are not thinking. Amen. So don't, we should not allow the devil to absorb us into fear of people and ruin our lives. Our life is so precious. Amen. Let's carry on. So I hope that, be, that, that blesses us. Right. So let's get into it. So last week I gave an example of Saul's instance uh, when it comes to fear of people. I showed us from First uh, Samuel chapter 15, verse 17 to 24, when Paul, uh, sorry, Saul, King Saul, uh, offered a sacrifice that he was not meant to offer. And he did it because of the fear of the people. You know, he, he did, I don't know whether he was kind of looking for acceptance or he didn't want people to con- to condemn him. He didn't want people to say, oh man, I have silly things about, thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel in my spirit to say to someone here that I can, it's just so, so, so obvious in my spirit. Now you have, you are surrounded by people who talk you down and you're still keeping friendship with those people and they're not adding any value to your life. God is asking to do something about it. Stop allowing people to run your life. Now, some of these guys are Christians. And because they are Christians, in quote, thank you, Holy Spirit. Service is going to be exciting this morning because what I'm seeing in my spirit are kind of, um, they're challenging for me, actually. I'm trusting I'm going to finish this today by God's grace. Let's go there. Right. Now, the, people, the fact that the person called themselves a Christian doesn't mean they are believers. Doesn't mean they are disciples of Jesus. So the people, I'm talking to a particular person here. So the people, these Christians around you, who are not followers of Jesus or disciples of Jesus are pouring all manner of garbage into your life, intimidating you, making you feel less of of yourself. That is not the spirit of Christ because Jesus did not teach us to do so. If anybody is tearing you down, if anybody is ripping you apart, they are not a follower of Christ. So there's a difference between a person who calls calls themselves a Christian or a Christian who is tongue-talking Talk, talking, can pray fire and brimstone, right? But that does not mean that they are followers of Christ. And that's why Jesus asked us to raise disciples, disciplined followers of Christ. Many people think they are born again, but they are not. Because when I begin to share with them what it means to be born again, they realize that, wait, 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 I never gave my life to Christ. Until one day you ask somebody to declare, to say Jesus is Lord and watch. And they will... They will they will struggle to say Jesus is Lord. And you're thinking, but you've been in church for about 10 years, 15 years. Amen. So to this particular person that God is speaking to this morning, 
Though you are surrounded by Christians, but their actions and their attitude towards you does not depict Christ, does not show Christ. So you judge for yourself. If that is a kind of company, you should keep. Because if a person is not demonstrating the attitude of Christ, if they're not building you up or tearing you down, then why should you keep company with them? Why should you take from people or surround yourself with people who are doing to you what God or Jesus will not do to you? So you are mourning, you are crying, you are grumbling, you are sad, you are depressed, but you are the one doing it to yourself. Friends, you are better off having a friend than to have a multitude of friends who make your life miserable. I repeat, you are better off having one friend who is sincere and truthful, love the Lord, care about you, than having multitude of friends who you can go party with, they can surround you, people who do not fear the Lord. The Bible says that he that walks with the wise shall be wise. I didn't write it, Proverbs 13, 20. He that walks with the wise shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. You are better off walking with one wise person who loves the Lord than to walk with the company of people who do not love the Lord and who will ruin your life because of their negative influence on you. Amen. Amen. So, uh, thank you, Father, for that. We appreciate you. We pray that that word blesses the heart of that person and strengthens their hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right. So, uh, there's something else I also want to call out. You know, uh, concerning the instances about the fear of people. So we saw in the life of Saul, um, and I tried to explain this, unpack this last week, that if you are living in the fear of people, which I've explained, unhealthy desire of acceptance, approval, validation from people. If you are living for the fear, if you are living in the fear of people, that you will miss out on God's purpose. You will miss out on God's plan. You will do what you're not supposed to do. You will disobey God. You will not do things right. Like I was talking about the young people I saw on social media. That, you know, the, this particular young, young, the particular one that I, I chose to like, out of curiosity, like, how did you get here? It was based on unhealthy desire and acceptance of people. I don't want to go into details of things that we uncovered, but that was an analysis and that's what we figured out. Amen. Right. So uh, something that I also want us to look at from the life of Saul again. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter um. 18, yeah, that's it. For Samuel 18, I think 7. Uh, for Samuel um, 18, verse 7. So, uh, so Saul was coming back from this battle with the Philistines. And as he was returning with, um, okay, let's start from verse 6. Now it happened. So 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 6, the New King James Version. I want to also show us how destruct the fear of people is to us. Now it happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David is ten thousand. Then Saul was very angry and this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So, he, so Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened the next, and it happened on the next day that they distressing spirit from God. Now, when you say the distressing spirit from God, that is not correct. 
somebody is going to challenge me straight away to say, Pastor, how dare you say that? It's not correct. And my question to you is, does God send out de- demons to people? If God is the one that sends out, if God sends out demons to people, I don't think, I don't want to have business with that God because I can't tell which demon, which, de- which spirit will send to me tomorrow, whether demon or clean. But let me clarify something here. Now, in the Old Testament, the people were not spiritually alive. You know, so when they can, the only supernatural being to a very much extent they, they knew, right, or supreme being was God or the other idols. So the divinity, the the divine, the, sorry, the spiritual beings they were aware of, right, was the ghost from Egypt, the, the all manner of God or the almighty God. So is that a, is a spirit of their God, Baal, kind of thing that is angry with them or God is angry with them. So if somebody is not believing in Baal or all those kind of gods, who, who else do you think they will believe? God. So when something happens like this, uh, things that they cannot explain, they ascribe it to God. So the writer here, and, and I'm glad that all of this was documented to help us see you know, how the people understood that to also help us see that we are in a better place, you know. So you should not be trying to see the glory and the cloud in the Old Testament. That's a sermon for another day. No, don't go there because the Bible tells us that those, that glory was fading. But the real glory, the original authentic glory is Christ Jesus. So in the New Testament, the glory we see is the goodness and the kindness of God demonstrated in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God, right? But in the Old Testament, it was smoke and, you know, Right, and then you and there was fire in the face of Moses, and Moses had to cover it. How many fire have you seen? Come on, let's carry on. So, when you see the stressing spirit from the Lord, from God upon Saul here, it's not from the Lord, it's not from God. So, let's carry on. So, he said, As a prophesied inside the house, still verse 10. So, David played music with his hand, and as other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand, and verse 11, and Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. And if you read follow, um, some subsequent verses and following chapters, you see how because of the praise of men to David, Saul was bent to kill David. That unhealthy desire for acceptance and validation of people, you know, when Proverbs 29-25 tells us that it's a dangerous trap, it is true. Because when you want a sect of people to approve you and to see you and to put you on a pedestal, to see you, to put you on a stand, to celebrate you, to put you on a, on a platform, you know, to see you as a celebrity, to see you as the man of the show. And those people tend to then see somebody, thank you, Holy Spirit, there's some things I'm going to cover this morning. Amen. And those people then see somebody who seems to be better than you and you are angry. You will be angry. So that is why we must be very careful of this celebrity culture because it is ruining us, right? We must be careful with peer pressure because it is ruining us. And these things suck into our soul so deeply that we are not conscious of it. I repeat, these things suck into our soul. They just seep into our soul so much that we are, we don't, we only realize at some point that we've gone so far that than we, we, we've gone too far than we thought we had. An example was Jesus in the book of John chapter 6. After he fed the 5,000, you know, he ministered the gospel to them, his purpose to them, and 5,000 people left him, but the 12. If 5,000 followers, if 5,000 of your followers on Instagram leave you one day, how would you feel? Some of you, some people, not you, some people commit suicide. And if people are distressed and nervous and anxious because people left them or somebody walk out of their life, 
then it means that the fear of people has so much taken root in them. People, pe- people have the right to come into your life and leave whenever they want to leave. And so if, if from the statement I've just made, if you, are, if you panicked, it means we have a challenge there. I repeat, people must be able to come into your life and leave whenever they want to leave. You don't have control of people. Remember, people, you don't have control of people. And that's why my, my role is challenging because I, as a pastor, I can't force, I don't force things on people and I, and I should not force things on people. So people have to follow me willingly based on influence, based on example I set. And people have the right to leave me anytime they want to leave. But should I feel dejected? Should I feel torn apart because people leave me? No. If I feel that way, it's because it shows that I am I'm struggling, I have issues with the fear of people and I'm not established in the love of God. So God alone with you should be sufficient for you. People are going to listen carefully. Love your family, love your marriage. Don't prioritize the praise of people over the, the company and the fellowship and the love you have in your home. Secure your home, prioritize your home. Pastors, young pastors, ministers, listen to me. You will get a lot of praise from people, members of the church. But the praise that you should be happy with, which is the authentic praise, except from some marriages where there are some issues, right? So I know there I should put some caveats here. But I'm speaking from the perspective of pastors who have ignored their home for the praise of human beings, other people, church members. This is not right. Anything can happen to you and the church family will leave, church people will leave, but that does not make you a failure. I'm working so hard and I thank God how far he's helped me to separate my life, my home from the church. What if God asks him to give up this church tomorrow? Does that mean my life has ended? No. We have a life with God. We are first a believer. We are first a child of God before we become ministers of the gospel. Amen. The gift of the Spirit was put in the body of Christ to be a blessing to the body of Christ. But before the gift of the, the before ministry gifts were given to people like me and some other guys who were first children of God, we were not safe to be ministers of the gospel. We are safe to receive eternal life, to come into relationship and union with the Father. So let's get start getting our perspective right. As we go on this journey, God he wants to free people. God wants you to be able to wake up in the morning and not be overly conscious of what people are thinking about you. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be able to be yourself because that is how you can fulfill your potential. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So fear of people, if, it, if that seed should be planted in your heart, it will make you to hate people. Now, I was also speaking to people in ministry. Now, when things start going wrong in your church, say I'll say as a pastor, and I have we had a I had an experience, I've had experience in this area. When things start going wrong in your church and somebody is not doing well correctly, and I've seen this in the life of pastors, people that I respect who are in ministry. So um this is not just about me, it's something that's affecting a lot of people. Now, when a minister of the gospel is conscious it has trouble with the fear of people, when somebody is doing something wrong in the church or in their ministry. They will not be able to correct the person in love because they don't want that person to leave them and they don't want that person to disapprove of them. And these people can bring in strife and scatter the ministry, scatter the church. The same thing goes with, I'm speaking by the Spirit this morning, I'm not, I'm not really teaching my sermon, I'm speaking the things that God is showing me in my spirit. The same thing happens to the people you call fathers of faith, uh, you know, your spiritual fathers, your spiritual mothers. Now, there are people you should respect, but you should not leave for their approval and validation. Now, 
as a father or mother to a child, spiritually, even biologically, these people should encourage you. And I was so excited to see one of our sisters this morning when I said I was proud for the church family. She was so excited. It was a joy in my heart. My wife was smiling. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the truth, yeah. So as a father, spiritually or, or, or biologically, we should praise our children. We should bless them. We should encourage them. We should challenge them, right? So it is necessary that your your spiritual parent give you a sense of validation, you know, support to encourage you. But you should not live for that. Your life should not be held at a standstill because they are not giving you the approval that you want. And sometimes a good parent will not give you the approval you are looking for because they know that you are looking for it in an unhealthy manner. So people would like to impress me. I don't give them the praise that they want. Because it's not helpful. Rather, I give them responsibility. And I commend them based on how they perform on that responsibility that I give to them. As opposed to just showering praise on them. You know, giving them a false sense of identity. I'm going somewhere. So, parents should praise, encourage, build their children. However, a child should not look up or should not live for the validation or, or acceptance of their spiritual parent. They should be committed to doing what God has called them to do and ensuring that they succeed or excel in it. The reason is this. Why, why I'm saying this is this. Now, if for any reason, and you know we've had this instance in the body of Christ, if for any reason your father or mother in the faith begin to backslide. I want to use backslide, just you know, look at my interpretation of backslide, listen to my interpretation of backslide. They begin to walk in the path of ungodliness. They begin to walk in the path they should not go. Or they begin to seek the praise of men. Now, if the person you are following begins to go in the wrong direction and you are seeking their praise and their validation, and, or you live for their praise and their validation, you do you know you're in problem. You are in big problem. Because you will most likely go in the direction they are going, which is the direction of destruction. What I'm trying to say is this. The people whom, the people whom we covet and live for their approval, live for their acceptance, those people, we are most likely going to go the path they follow, whether it's good or bad. And when they give us wrong counsel, because we live for their approval, we will do what they are asking us to do. See, by the grace and the, by the grace of God, by the special grace of God, God has given me one one spirit, <laughs> a significant personality that the devil has tried to shut down in the past few days that I'm not going to give room to. People don't like the way I speak boldly and courageously, and when I make some sound decision, people don't like it. And, you know, it, it worries me a little bit. When you want somebody to be afraid so that you can feel good or you want to intimidate people, that's not the spirit of Christ. It's not. You know, when I see my church family members, when they are laughing, they are playing, it gives me so much joy <laughs> because it means I will not die young. They can go sort themselves out. What I give spiritual oversight and, you know, advice and counsel, I'm just happy they can be themselves because I can focus on what God is calling me to do. I can focus on their growth. My church family members should not be coming to me. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. No, this is not right. They should be free to be themselves. And they have, go and find, go and ask them. 
I getting it. When you get into our prayer meetings on our Zoom calls, when you see the way they address me, not disrespectfully, then you know, like, you know, somebody joined us for the first time one day, but, and they were like, the love in this family, let them be themselves. And they are not rude. It, it, you can be yourself, you should be able to be yourself to someone without being rude. Yeah. Amen. So, the people we follow, the people, if we are living for the validation and acceptance of, of people, those people, if we are not careful, when they begin to do what is wrong or lead us in the paths they, sh- they should not go, uh, we'll follow them. You know, one of the things I was trying to close up before I move to the next point. Okay, obviously I can't see the end of this today, that this is not happening. <laughs> right. So, as I was saying, now, when people are leading, when, when we leave for the approval and acceptance of people, we are going the wrong direction, we end up following them. And I was talking about the fact that God has given me a personality that people try to shut down, which I'm, I'm going to fight for. And it's about the fact that if a person is not going the right in the path they should go, I ain't going. I'm not going. No matter how much I respect the people, you know, I was one of the people I... I respect yesterday we we're having a meeting and um they 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 so they have they you know they hold meetings and I support them in this ministry and they, and they were inviting some guys in to speak and in their in our next set of meetings and they mentioned some names and some people were like oh and I didn't move I like you didn't need this person I said I don't know them yeah I don't know them and like go and check this person now yeah yes sir um, okay I will I can't even find the person's name I'll I'll check I'll check later on but I was so pleased with myself that I was not enamored by this man of God is coming. <laughs> Friends, you want to hear the truth? You want to hear the truth? <sighs> People have anointing and the anointing can bless us. But the fact that other people have certain anointing to bless us does not mean that we are less of God. Yeah. The fact that I have an anointing to pastors, to bless people, so the thing is, is, you don't need to bring me to your meetings for your people to be blessed. I can only bring, as I speak, I can only bring few people into this church to bless the church family. And the way I'm running ministry is such a way that people are, will be able to walk with the Lord. People's Christianity and identity is not based on the association with the man of God or, or, or Christian brand. No. Your identity should be secured in the fact that you are a child of God. Paul said our sufficiency is in Christ. Friends, our sufficiency should be in Christ and nothing else. Christ should be, Christ should be sufficient for us. God has put gifts in the body of Christ to bless us. Well, Christ should be sufficient for us. Anybody can be a blessing to you in the church. You want to hear the truth? You don't need to attend some conferences before God hears your prayer. If you have to travel 1,000 miles before God can hear your prayer, there's a problem. Now, I'm trying to balance this. I'm not saying that we should not attend conferences. What I'm addressing is our perspective. I'm going to start investing in uh, attending conferences with Andrew Mack and some very few guys in the States in time to come as I mature and able to go and able to do the flight journey. That flight journey is too long for me. and I I can't imagine being on flight for 15 hours to go to Andrew Mack's men's conference and Pastor doing. I mean, like, so I kind of dread that flight journey, but I need to be in those meetings because 
There's always these conferences edify you. You meet people, you build relationships. There's something about the community spirit. So have I, have I explained the benefit of attending conference? But for me to think that I cannot function until I accept that conference is not right. Amen. So Christ should be sufficient for us. Um, friends, if anybody is trying to tear your confidence and your courage apart, do not allow them. Do not allow them. Stand your ground. I want to wrap up here and I'll try to I'll continue next week. I want to wrap up here. I want to I want to wrap up here by saying that Jesus should be your sufficiency. Jesus should be, you know, should should drive your satisfaction. And is this gonna take practice? Because I'm give it, I'll, let me give you a practical example or practical way to go about it. When people tend to talk you down or tend to look down on you because of whatever reason, whether because of your social status, because of your level of success. When I say level of success, I say level of success and course based on their, on their own perspective. You know, when people tend to you know, rate you and, and, and treat you that way, you should not allow those things to sink in. You should be able to come with a defense in your spirit that, you know what, your value and your worth is not in how people perceive you, but your value and worth is how God perceives you. Do you know how God values you? God values you equally valuable to Jesus, that he was willing and he did. He did exchange the life of Jesus for your life. Amen. I know I know. society, culture, upbringing have trained us to think highly of what people think think of us even though we live now in a society where many people are not thinking correctly and because we have been trained to think highly or to, to think highly or to rate highly what people think of us as a world as a world is becoming more moral bankrupt many of us are struggling to walk in righteousness and morality because the line that because the line between right and wrong is getting blurry and blurrier and we are having things like situational ethics we are having situations whereby there are no moral absolutes so if you're living for the acceptance and approval of the world or people who do not know god because that's how we've been trained we have a big problem here because many of us would not be stable and confident in our christian work amen but i pray with you that as we this week as we go through the week that you'll be able to meditate on those things I've shared with us concerning um, the fear of people. You know, um, God I took over my service today, uh, my, 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 my meeting today, and I had to let him go. You know, I wanted to finish this. But I've, I've got um, an amaz amazing things for you and Pipeline. I'm just going to give you testers here. You know, I, I also want us to look into uh, how Jesus handled honor from men, right? And um, also, the, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to give you the verse so that you don't, Go ahead of me but you can go find it out yourself right let's i want to wrap it up about how does jesus handle honor from men and how does he expect us how does he model to us how we should handle the honor from men and then i'm also going to call out some key things uh which i don't want to give you hint right but there's some exciting thing so let's try to follow god as it leads us in this service because god is not i don't believe god is really interested in or is really interested in how quickly I can finish my notes, but it's really interested in you and it wants to help you, wants to see you healed and delivered in the name of Jesus. So as I was saying, I pray that as you go, um, go on this week, as you meditate on the things we've shared, as you meditate on those things that God is saying to your heart as I was teaching, I pray that you will be able to, uh, you receive strength and courage and it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I must tell you, it's not going to be easy. I went through it and I'm still going through it. 
it's not going to be easy for you to l- let some people out of your life and come to the place whereby it's just you and God. And as you continue on that journey, you begin to find people who think like you. Friend, no, when I say think like you, I'm not saying in a kind of isolated way of thinking, but who respect and honor God. Friends, I will tell you, you can't, you may not find up to, on your social media platform of profiles, you may not find up to 10% of your friends who are God-fearing and who thinks scripturally intelligent like I'm sharing with you. And that's kind of a sad news. Because people come from different backgrounds, different perspectives. Until you share something from the word of God, they take offense and they come after you. That is what social media has done. And people people will give a justification for insulting you on your profile. They say things like, "The moment you post that on social on on on, on and listen to it, it doesn't even make sense. The moment you share that on social media platform is no longer your content. I have the right to comment on it. I have the right to attack you. What kind of spirit is that? This is a divisive and destructive spirit. Why are we allowing or entertain this kind of spirit? It is wrong, and there's nothing you can say to these people enough for them to hear this. They will not listen to you. So you are better off protecting yourself. I was in a meeting yesterday, and somebody was saying that must I not? You know, defend the gospel, if, whether the person he wants to hear it or not. It's not right. Even Jesus told us that when you go to a person's house and you bring the goodness to them, if they reject you, he says, shake the dust off your sandals and leave and move somewhere else. Jesus did not call us to enforce the gospel on people. So why, why do we want to do this? Why? Why? It shows that many people who are doing that do not know what Christianity is about. We are called to a ministry, to a ministry and to a family of love, not a mad family of force. It is demons who force things on people. Why are we being demonic in our actions when we think like that? Ministers and ministries have encouraged this and they are encouraging on social media, but this spirit is wrong. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So guys, uh, feel free to connect with us on Wednesday. Transformers Connect is back. (sighs) Amen. You can put on the put on the flat the, the leaflet on the Transformers Connect is back. I was so excited to hear people ask me, Pastor, when are the classes coming back? When are classes coming back? So friends, the classes are back. This is open to everyone. You know, this is not just to church mem- uh, church family members. You know, um, you can connect with us on Zoom. Um, this time around, I'll, I'll check if I okay, I'm, I'm probably going to create an event uh, event bright so that. We can send our reminders because if you don't have your email, we can send reminders to you. And it's possible for people to forget because of all that commitment and stuff like that. So I look into that today. I might go ahead and create an event, um, an event on Eventbrite and share with people so that you can sign up and you can receive reminders to join the, the sessions. Uh, so I'm so, um, I'm so happy that um, people are asking. People couldn't wait for it to come. It's a 10-week session. We start on the 6th of October and then for the next 10 week, every Wednesday, 8 to 9.30. I'm so excited that, you know, our guests who have joined us have been so blessed. You know, this has been a huge blessing to people and it's blessed me too tremendously. So look out for um, um, event registration details later on my profile, my church profile and for you to register. You only need to attend once that you know, then you know what, what, what it's about and it's going to bless you. Amen. There's something else I was going to cover. Um, I can't remember right now. So church, so we'll start home church next week. Please um, contact us if you want more details on that because we are now, as the COVID situation seems to be in a good 
um, place in the in the sort of say I, I would feel more confident to be able to, to bring people into homes uh, for church for face to face. So please uh, reach out to us if you for more details on that. And then discover and become podcast on the on Thursday. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you guys who are sharing the the, the uh, videos. I really appreciate you guys, uh, and I'm glad that you know it was worth sharing. That's why you guys could share it, and that's encouraging to us as well to keep doing what we are doing. Thank you guys for coming to service this morning. I pray for you as we go in, in the week that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened in the name of Jesus to see how much God loves you. And and I pray that you'll be able to walk with the Lord, understanding how much He loves you so that you are perfected in love of God and then you can drive out fear and anxiety out of your life.